This month's podcasts are sponsored by Aubergine Legal. Do you sometimes worry that your business isn't meeting all its legal compliance requirements and wonder if you're ticking all the legal boxes? Are you losing sleep worrying about a piece of legislation that you may or may not be complying with? Perhaps you need some help with your client contracts or your data protection compliance. Or maybe you're worried that your website doesn't have the right documents or legal notices in the right place. Perhaps you have a brand that you want to protect with a trademark. How about if you could outsource it all and eliminate all of your worries? If so, then get in touch with Aubergine Legal, a friendly commercial legal consultancy offering practical and clear commercial legal advice without the overwhelming legal jargon, taking the worry away and helping you to protect your business and minimise your risks. Aubergine offers a free 30-minute consultation if you have any questions or want to find out if they can help. And you can access this link and book your free 30-minute call via the link in the show notes. Welcome to the Bring Your Product Ideas to Life podcast. Practical advice and inspiration to help you create and sell your own physical products. Here's your host, Vicky Weinberg. Today on the podcast, I'm delighted to have Shona Chambers join me. Shona was a returning guest. Um, she was on a few episodes, well, I say a few episodes ago, I think it was actually two years ago she was on, so doesn't time fly. Um, Shona is a marketing consultant and she's here today to talk specifically about how to grow your email list. She talks about why as a small business it's important to have a list, how you might grow it, and if you do have an email list of people on, you know, what sort of things should you be sending to them, how often, and hopefully all the other questions that you have on this subject. So I would love now to introduce you to Shona. Hi Shona, thank you for joining me again. Lovely to be here, thank you. Oh, you're welcome. So I've asked you to join today to talk specifically about email marketing because I know um, from the little chat we've just had previously that we both sort of feel that this is something that um, would be a huge benefit to lots of businesses especially at the moment so we'll dig into that in just a second but for anyone who hasn't listened to your previous episode with me can you just give a brief introduction to yourself your business and who you help yeah absolutely so yeah I'm Shona Chambers I'm a marketing consultant Um, I've been working in marketing for over 20 years now Uh, started off working in media and finance for large corporates and then I went self-employed and started to help small business owners Um, and nowadays I do a mix of both really so um, anyone who has a business um, that needs help with their marketing uh, then you know that is my audience really amazing thank you and as I mentioned I asked you on today to talk about email marketing specifically um so let's start with what might be a really obvious question about what is email marketing so email marketing in its very simplest terms is just having email addresses from your customers that you have permission to use to contact and uh, to remain in communication with your customers Amazing, thank you. And and I guess that when you say they've given you permission to email them, um, does that email list need to be on specific software or can it just be a spreadsheet or a Word document? Um, So long as someone's given you their permission to um, mail them, then it doesn't actually really matter. Um, Obviously, for GDPR purposes, um, you need to keep a list of um, people's 
uh, written permission. So it is often easier to just use a tool like MailChimp, um, where every time an email address is added, if it's added by yourself, uh, you have to tick a box to say someone's given you permission to be on that list. Um, and if somebody signs up, obviously they've taken the action themselves. So um, that can be a really good way of doing it. Yeah, thank you. And I think as well, um, using an, an email provider, whether it's MailChimp or I know there's lots of other options out there. I use MailChimp myself, actually. I guess another advantage of that is people can unsubscribe easily if they want to as well. Absolutely. Yeah, that's really important to make sure that any email that goes out does actually have a link on it so that people can unsubscribe. Thank you. Okay, so we know what email marketing is. Um, can we talk a little bit about why it's important that people have an email list? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I think in recent years, it's become very fashionable to do all of your marketing on social media. Um, and social media is very important, but uh, we probably all know people who have had problems where maybe they've suddenly lost access to their accounts. Um, there was a very big account recently that has around 80,000 followers on Instagram. Uh, and lots of people do follow them, especially if they are uh, people who make things for a living. Um, and uh, they were they lost access to their account, essentially. And it was a massive problem for the for the founder. Uh, and eventually she did manage to get it back again. But still, you know, um, it was a really difficult situation. And I've seen that probably most weeks. Somebody I know will lose access to their um, Instagram account, particularly. So. Um, I mean, having an email list just means that you have got a bit of insurance for yourself that the people that you've built, uh, worked hard to build up relationships with can actually still hear from you and um, you own those addresses. Uh, if somebody's happy to be on your list, then that is something that you own as a marketing asset. That's great. Thank you. And I guess that also gives you the option that if you do lose access to your Instagram, for example, you have to start again, at least you can email your, your followers, your people on your list and say, this has happened, come and find me here. Whereas otherwise, you've potentially lost all of those people. Absolutely. And I see something similar, if you don't mind me mentioning, Shana, with um, other e-commerce marketplaces as well. So particularly Amazon sellers, because, you know, I work with a lot of Amazon sellers. Um, and one of the downsides of selling on Amazon is that you don't get the customer's email address. Um, and that can be really tricky because should you get kicked off Amazon, which doesn't happen often, but does happen, or your listings get shut down, it might be that someone just doesn't know where to find you. However, if you have them on an email list and something goes wrong, then you can sort of say, oh, actually, my Amazon, you know, I'm not, product isn't available on Amazon anymore, come to my website, or even better, nothing has gone wrong and you've got a new product, um, get them to buy it on your website rather than sending them to Amazon potentially. So I think there's definitely lots of reasons to be able to contact people directly rather than via these third party marketplaces that, as you say, might get taken away from us at any time without warning. Yes, it's true. Yep. So um, I think we've, I think people hopefully will understand the benefits of having an email list. But I guess the harder thing is actually getting people to join it. Because I don't know about you, but I, you know, you get pop ups every website I go on. And every time you buy something, someone wants you to join their list. And we get a lot of email, don't we? Um, so what are some good ways of getting people to actually join our, our list? And, and maybe a little bit later, we'll talk about how to get them to stay as well. 
Yeah, well, I suppose one of the best ways to get people to join your email list is to suggest it to them at a time when they're actually engaged with you already. So um, now that we're allowed to be back at shows and exhibitions, obviously, you've got people walking around the show, you might have a stand at a show. Um, so having a tablet around and just offering people the opportunity to sign up whilst they're already interested in other things that are right in front of them, that's a great way to do it now. Um, if you're in a shop, you can equally have a, a tablet, um, you know, near the till and maybe some messaging to suggest to people like, just pop in your um, email address now. Um, and maybe you can incentivize people in some way. So a great way of doing that is to have something called a lead magnet. Uh, which is simply something of value to your customer that they'll be happy to give their email address in exchange for. So a lot of people do. Uh, if you're a service business, it could be um, a PDF of some kind where you are giving useful tips to your customers in exchange for their email address and they'll get it as soon as they sign up. Um, or if you're a product business, you could offer a free sample of some kind, um, you know, whether that's a tester of something or uh, something small that just gives, gives people a flavor of your business. So that's one way that I suggest to do that. Uh, and if it isn't in person, then you could maybe do it via your social media again. So I think it's always so important to be giving value to people. Uh, nobody wants to be spammed, so they're way more likely to maybe listen to an Instagram live or a Facebook live and just decide at the end, yes, I love this person's content, so I'm going to sign up to their email address. And that's why it's really important to just have a link in your bio that they can click and sign up then and there. So I think people are much more likely to sign up to your email list um, at a time when you're being engaging and interesting to them, rather than just having a box on your website and hoping that lots of people will jump on there and sign up. Because actually, for me, that's probably one of the least ways that I get subscribers to my mailing list. Thank you. That's really interesting. And I mean, I know for myself, and this will sound a bit cynical as well, that but really you want to be getting something from it, whether it's like you say, you like that person, you want to hear more from them, you want exclusive content. A lot of people I follow have content in their newsletters that aren't on social media, for example, or it might be that, you know, as you say, you're getting a discount. Um, I know that most of the retail businesses that I sign up to be on their email list is because if I know if I sign up, I'll get 20% off or, or whatever it is. Um, and I don't say that to be cynical at all, but I think that does work and also hope you know the reason you've joined that email list to get that discount is because you are interested in in buying as well and there's definitely been times where the only reason I've made a purchase is because I've signed up to the list and got a discount so yeah I think that's something to consider as well um and I'm also going to mention if you don't if you don't mind Shona that for people who sell on Amazon in particular but I think this also applies to Etsy and other marketplaces um Another way you can do this, in fact, you can do this when you sell anywhere, is to actually have something encouraging people to sign up within your product itself, whether that's on the packaging, whether that's an insert. Um, I always recommend this to Amazon sellers in particular because you don't get those customer details. When you send out your product, just have a little card in there that says, I don't know, come over to my website for 20% off or come over to my website for this free guide that helps you make the most of your product or whatever the thing is and obviously that'd be different for everyone but I think if you can give some sort of reason you can do QR codes now so someone only has to scan it to get to your sign up page um I don't know my take on it is we have to be quite inventive because there are lots of people who want our attention and our email addresses so I think you have to think about what we can offer that's valuable but also maybe yeah valuable but also maybe slightly different as well 
Yes, that's a very good point. It's true. I mean, um, attention is time and attention are two of the most valuable commodities now because everyone is fighting for those things. Thank you. And so let's say we've got some people on our email list. Um, I don't know about you. I unsubscribe to lists constantly. So what kind of content can we send to people to keep them on our li- to keep them on our lists now that they're there? Yeah, I think this really comes down to understanding our audience. Um, so essentially, the better that you know your audience and the people that you are writing for or talking to uh, in your content, the better that connection is going to be. So um, you'll probably know yourself that if you send out uh, messaging, uh, something that you have specifically thought about the person who's going to receive it and think this is useful. I know that this is going to help people. So, for example, for me, maybe I'm going to send out content um, about uh, things in the economy that people need to know about. Um, you know, any trends that they might want to be aware of. So, uh, a recent article I read about was talking about that with the with the economy the way it is, people are still looking for those small treats. Um, so, around the price of a lipstick. So um, I was saying to people, you know, um, make sure you highlight for your audience what is it you have that if, even if people aren't flush right now, even if they can't afford your £200 offer, what's your £5 offer? What's your £10 offer that people can still continue to, to sort of make that step towards you? And it often is a step towards you as well. If someone's prepared to buy a small something, then they're generally thinking that they'd like to do the bigger offer. So um, I hope I've answered that properly, but I was just thinking about the fact that the more you invest in thinking about why am I sending this out why do people want this rather than just thinking I want sales you know if if all you want is sales then people will get that vibe about your content if you're helping if you're giving value then that is you know I would say how you get people to stop unsubscribing and stay on your list that's really helpful thank you I think you're right there has to be something in the email that you actually want to read or it just becomes more more noise doesn't it and I I think you're right as well it's definitely going to differ from business to business Um, and in terms of how often we should be in touch with our email lists um, do we have to email them every week is every month okay Um, because I know like I'm very aware that this is something else for anyone who doesn't have an email address yet or hasn't been contacted regularly this is another job I suppose Um, so what are your thoughts on how often we need to be doing that Personally, um, I like to do a weekly email um, on a Friday if I can, and I like to set that intention for people as well that I'm going to send them an email every Friday. Um, I probably haven't deviated much from weekly, to be honest. Um, That's been because that works for me as a frequency. For example, if you might be launching something, whether whether it's a product or a program and there's a time scale involved, then I can see that you might want to be sending out emails twice a day for a certain period, but then you want to stop because otherwise people are just going to go away again. Um, so I think it's fine to ramp up the frequency at times if there's a reason. Uh, otherwise, I think weekly is fine. Now, some people do a monthly newsletter and that can have a lot of value as well. Um, I think any less than that, and you might not want to bother because people will start to forget why did they join your mailing list? Um, And I have worked with people where they've actually been so worried of losing people that they don't mail out either. So, you know, there's 
there's those um those kind of two opposing positions really that people need to hear from you to like you you know if you think about the content creators that you like you know part of uh, the reason you like them is because you feel like you know them um so if they suddenly go away and stop contacting you the next time you hear from them a whole load of new people are in your mind so you don't have that same link to that person anymore so recency is really important with email marketing uh, so if anyone is sitting there with an email list of you know several hundred names that they haven't mailed this year then that's not a useful tool in your marketing toolbox anymore I'm going to ask you what we do if that is the case in a minute, if that's okay, Shona. Um, let's come back to the frequency and, and what you said about setting the expectation. And I think that's probably really important because I think when you sign up to an email list, I think I quite like to know, am I going to get emails every day? Am I going to get emails every week? Um, and I've noticed that some of the bigger companies now give you the option to yeah. sort of how often do you want to hear from me or what topics do you want to hear of? And I'm not saying that everyone needs to be doing that, but I think there is something in knowing that okay I get this email every Friday and there's certainly some now that I if, if it doesn't appear in my inbox I think well, where's that I usually get that on a Thursday or whatever it is and that's great that they've they've trained you to, to feel that way really because uh it is it all depends on how you see yourself but obviously uh we all have our favorite media sources so for example i'll go i'll say it you know i love eastenders you know you'll find me every time eastenders is on i'll be i'll be listening to that um you know and, and people have those things where they know it's coming and they they look forward to it so um obviously the media love it when uh, eastenders isn't on because the football's taking their place and it will all be oh fans were up in arms because of this so um it's quite funny really i don't feel that way myself i can wait um, but we do have that, you know, um, response built up that we know it's coming and we get excited. So if you then let people down, they can feel a bit like, oh, OK, well, that didn't happen. So what else is that business owner not going to do that they said they would do? That's a really good point. I didn't think of it like that, that it does give an overall impression of the business and the business owner. I didn't even cross my mind. But you're right. If someone's sort of a bit sporadic and, you know, not very re reliable or let's say um yeah I didn't think that yeah of course you would naturally have that impression of them and I also liked what you said about if there's something going on it's okay to email a bit more frequently so for example if you have a new product launch um and you've decided you're emailing once a month I don't think that anyone should wait until you know to that monthly email to launch their new products I think that if you've got something exciting to tell people something that's going to be well something that's going to be exciting and relevant to them maybe not to you um I think you're right that as much as you have a schedule it's good also to to sometimes deviate from that and so I wanted to pick up on what you were talking about before so let's say um you have an email address maybe you have quite a healthy email address and you just haven't emailed them in ages what do you do because I I can definitely see it's one of those things where the longer you don't email them the longer you're not going to email them because the worse it feels and you can just get in one of these spirals um so what do we do well I mean people will talk to you about a re-engagement campaign um which simply means looking at your email list and looking at 
who hasn't opened your emails over a certain period who's a frequent opener and who you know um, sometimes opens that's generally how they break it down on these tools so you could um, you could segment for people so literally just take out say a hundred names that haven't opened your last emails um, or you know uh, if it is the case that your entire list haven't heard from you recently then you can start kind of nurturing them again so I would say you want to think about your high value content and start to email out maybe once a week again letting them know right you know I've been on a pause and now you're going to hear from me again so it's just setting those intentions over the next uh, four to six weeks you're going to get um, a series of messages about uh, a specific topic so uh, it all depends on what you do but if you're a coach or um, consultant it could be that your series of emails are going to be how to cope with Christmas uh, if you're a retailer that kind of um, theme uh, or it could be something like uh, how do you design uh, a product you know if you're thinking about doing it next year so uh, it's it, maybe if you're a photographer you're going to talk to people about booking in for weddings in the spring because you know that's coming up so again it's here I am and I'm now going to be in your mailbox and I'm going to be talking to you about these things the people that you know, don't want to hear from you anymore, we'll just unsubscribe and the others will start to go back to being an active, um, you know, person on your email list again, which is what you want, really. And what about for product businesses? Thank you for that, Shana. But for product businesses, I think that can sometimes be a bit tricky because often people think, and we have, and I know people say the same thing to me about social media. Um, sometimes it's hard to go beyond talking about your product and I have this for sale, for example. Um, when it comes to emails, whether it's re-engagement or any emails, as a product business, what kind of content could we be sharing, whether to re-engage or, or keep people engaged? Um, well, I suppose your products may not change, but the uh, time of year might be changing. Uh, the reasons people might need you are changing. So it's trying to think about, you know, how can I uh, position this in a different way each time I contact someone? Uh, most things do have multiple uses and there'll be multiple reasons why people need them. So I think it's just really trying to be a bit more, think around the customer. Don't think from your point of view, try and think about them. And that is the best way to bring people back to purchasing. That makes a lot of sense. So I guess depending who your product is aimed for, that might help direct your content as well so I don't know like if your content if your product is aimed at parents I've seen quite a few um, baby brands for example share a lot of content so, you know some of their own some of other people's that might be relevant to parents you know sleep tips and um I can't even think of another example because I'm sort of out of the baby product stage now <laughs> Same, yeah. but um yeah I, I think I've, I think I've seen businesses do that quite successfully though so share content that might not be directly related to their product but it's things that their ideal customer would be interested in yeah you can also collaborate with other people on what content you share so you might decide um you know if you've got anyone else that you work with maybe you're going to share some content for them in your emails it's still interesting for your audience and you can hopefully get them to do the same which extends both of your email reach that makes sense thank you and so my final question Shona and this is probably quite a big question is what would your number one tip be for how to market your products in particular via email um well I think one of the biggest things that people miss is uh the welcome email so um I would say uh, that is the email that the most people are going to open from you ever 
some people might leave after the very next one you send. So making sure that your welcome email is set up, ready to go. I still find it really shocking when I sign up to an email list and I don't get an email back right away, either thanking me for subscribing and giving me um, information about the company um, or directing me to where that business wants me to go next. So it's a massive step that I think a lot of people overlook. So for a product business, I would say make sure that your welcome email directs people to the products that you want to sell the most in your business. And that may not be your most expensive one. It may be that you lead people through a nurture sequence um, that showcases, say, you know, four or five things that you sell. But it's making the most of that welcome email um, power is really important. That makes sense. Thank you. And I think to add to that as well, I know in some of the email platforms, so I'm using MailChimp, and this is probably isn't a new thing, but it's a new thing to me as I've worked out that I can also um, have custom thank you pages. So once someone's actually added their email address, it brings them to another page that says thank you for subscribing. And while that's only a really small thing, I think for a products business, maybe you could direct people to a product or actually on the page. They don't have to come out of their browser into their email and back again. Um, but I just think having something that's as you say that says thank you for signing up just gives you a bit of confidence as well that yes I actually did join that email list because I've seen something that says I have when you press a button and nothing happens it does always leave you feeling oh did I did I actually do that yes it's true then also as you said you're then more likely as well I think to forget that you ever signed up for that in the first place definitely yeah you don't want to leave people not hearing from you really Thank you so much. And thank you for everything you shared. I think it's really useful because especially as we were talking, especially now um, when the small business is having to work really hard to get sales. I think if email marketing isn't something you've tried or perhaps it's something you've tried but gone away from, I definitely think it's worth investing in and giving it another go. Thank you so much for listening right to the end of this episode. Do remember that you can get the full back catalogue and lots of free resources on my website, vickyweinberg.com. Please do remember to rate and review this episode if you've enjoyed it and also share it with a friend who you think might find it useful. Thank you again and see you next week. If you've been inspired to start a podcast in 2024, I really recommend my podcast host, Captivate. Captivate were my top pick when I started podcasting four years ago because of how easy it was for a complete novice like me to get started. I've stuck with them for the last four years because Captivate is still really simple to use. They keep adding great new features like the ability to share ads like these and they've just been really reliable. So when you're ready to start your own podcast, you can use the link in the show notes and get a free seven day trial with Captivate.